It's my pleasure to personally welcome all of you to Sunrise this morning. Bienvenidos a todos. So grateful to have you and our special guests with us today on this second Sunday of Advent. And uh, there is so much going on. Again, pay attention to what's coming up. The concert on Saturday, which Mario talked about. Tenemos el concierto el sábado. Por favor, tengan en mente eso. And also our Christmas Eve worship, as well as that special offering. And if you have a worship uh, bulletin. It has more detail on how you can do that. We'll be doing that on the 22nd of December, but anytime through this month, you can be participating in that effort to to sow God's message into our world and into our community. Uh, pueden participar en esta ofrenda especial que explica el boletín como, como eso se hace y también uh, las actividades el sábado que viene y la Nochebuena, el servicio de Nochebuena. Well, this morning, uh, we are going to turn to the scriptures, and on this second Sunday of Advent, <clears throat> our scripture reading is taken from Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. Hoy estamos leyendo Colosenses 1 del 15 al 23. Uh, we'll get up on the screen there. There they are, some page numbers. And yes, my reminder to tell the children to go to Children in Worship. Thank you, Jennifer, for saving me there. Uh, children in Worship, it's time. Uh, for you, boys and girls, to go. Uh, el tiempo para el que los niños van a niños en adoración. And uh, as they're heading out to have a wonderful time in God's word, again, this is our scripture reading. And maybe as they're going out, I'll just take one more moment to say, we are reading the Bible. As a church, you have an invitation and a challenge to be in God's word every single day. Tenemos la invitación y el desafío de estar en la palabra de Dios todos los días. Uh, I don't know about you. I don't go a day without eating. I don't go a, a day without, you know, brushing my teeth. These are habits in my life. But God's word is our spiritual food. And I, for me, I can't imagine going a day without that. And so this is a plan of readings to help you in that. If you follow this, just 10 minutes a day, you'll read through the entire Bible. And, uh, and then you'll want to do it again. And again, so I really want to encourage you. Les animo a que sigan la, la, el plan de lecturas y en dos años pueden leer toda la Biblia y después querer seguir adelante. So we're in Colossians chapter 1, 15 through 23. I'm going to read first in English, then in Spanish. Voy a leer primero en inglés. And the early church leader Paul here is writing about the Son of God. Se trata del Hijo de Dios. This is what he says. Talking about the Son of God, he says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God, and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight 
without blemish and free from accusation, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Hablando del Hijo, dice, Él es la imagen del Dios invisible, el primogénito de toda creación, porque por medio de Él fueron creadas todas las cosas en el cielo, en la tierra, visibles e invisibles, sean tronos, poderes, principados o autoridades, todo ha sido creado por medio de Él y para Él. Él es anterior a todas las cosas que por medio de Él forman un todo coherente. Él es la cabeza del cuerpo, que es la iglesia. Él es el principio, el primogénito de la resurrección para ser en todo el primero. Porque a Dios le agradó habitar en Él con toda su plenitud y por medio de Él reconciliar consigo todas las cosas, tanto las que están en la tierra como las que están en el cielo, haciendo la paz mediante la sangre que derramó en la cruz. En otro tiempo, ustedes, por su actitud y sus malas acciones, estaban alejados de Dios y eran sus enemigos. Pero ahora Dios, a fin de presentarlos santos, intachables e irreprochables delante de Él, los ha reconciliado en el cuerpo mortal de Cristo mediante su muerte, con tal de que se mantengan firmes en la fe, bien cimentados y estables, sin abandonar la esperanza que ofrece el Evangelio. Este es el evangelio que ustedes oyeron y que ha sido proclamado a toda criatura en la, debajo del cielo y del que yo, Pablo, he llegado a ser servidor. For most of us, uh, the letters C, J, and G probably don't mean much. Those are just letters. C, J, N, G. A lo mejor esas letras no significan nada. C, J, and G. But for people in law enforcement, and perhaps for some of those individuals that were up here with us just a short while ago, for those individuals, the letters C, J, and G mean something else. The letters C, J, and G stand for War. Para la policía, CJNG representa la guerra. Specifically, the war on drugs. La guerra en contra de la droga. You see, CJNG stands for El Cartel Jalisco Nueva Generación. This is one of the up and rising, very powerful and dangerous drug cartels that is currently active in both the United States and in Mexico, and it is wreaking havoc right now. Es un cartel muy fuerte de la droga en Estados Unidos y en México uh, actualmente. The CJNG is leaving a trail of bloodshed, of destruction, of death, of addiction in its wake. Están dejando en su estela mucha destrucción, mucha violencia, mucho derrame de sangre. In fact, I think we could say right outside our doors, Untold numbers of people are being affected by the CJNG. They are addicted to very powerful substances like meth, fentanyl, cocaine, and the list goes on. Hay mucha gente adicta a estas uh, sustancias que ellos venden. And though we may not see it, we need to understand that this problem is not hidden. No es un problema oculto. 
In fact, there are currently some villages in Mexico where it is the police who are hiding. And there are actually patrol cars going through the streets of the city with the letters CJNG proudly emblazoned upon them. La policía en México en algunos pueblos se esconde y hay patrullas, carros así con esas letras encima. So, what do you do with this? That's the question, right? ¿Qué, qué hacer? Well, the options at this point seem to be pretty few. You can't negotiate with the CJNG. They'll just run over you. No puedes negociar con ellos. And you can't overpower them. At least that's not a good idea because you see, whenever that's tried, at least to this point, lots of innocent people get killed. No puedes superarlos, vencerlos, porque es muy peligroso. In fact, this past week, uh, if you're paying attention to the news, there was a village in Mexico where there was a gunfight that broke out with the CJNG and 21 people were killed. Some police, many others were innocent people. Había 21 personas matadas en un, un, una batalla de calle hace poco. So this is a problem that we're facing. It's a big problem, a, a huge problem that's growing. Es un problema que está creciendo. But as big as this problem I've just described to us is, we in our world today are facing an even bigger problem, an even bigger war, and that war involves an even bigger cartel. Hay una guerra más grande, un cartel más grande en nuestro mundo de hoy. If we look just a couple verses before our reading today in Colossians 1.13, the Bible refers to this cartel as the D-O-D. La Biblia en Colossians 1.13 lo llama el D-D-L-O. The D-O-D is the cartel. It's the dominion of darkness. El dominio de la oscuridad. The drug of choice is sin. The drug kingpin is Satan. And he works through his demonic and human pushers to spread this drug throughout our world today and it is wreaking havoc all over the place. Satanás es el, es, es el jefe y el ladrón es el pecado y él tiene vendedores que son demonios y humanos. And guess what? We have all participated in that cartel. Todos hemos participado en ese cartel. Aaron a little bit ago said, has anybody gone one mile over the speed limit? I think we all raised our hands, right? We have all participated in the dominion of darkness. Todos hemos participado en el dominio de la oscuridad. Because you see, we're all sin addicts. We're all sinaholics. Somos pecadólicos, adictos al pecado. We're all sin users and sin abusers and along the way we have all become sin pushers, sin dealers just by the fact of the way we live. Todos hemos sido abusadores hasta vendedores del pecado. And that's why Colossians 1.21 says something that we might find shocking. Por eso dice Colossians 1.21, it says, once you were alienated from God and were enemies, in your minds because of your evil behavior. En otro tiempo ustedes por su actitud y malas acciones estaban alejados de Dios y eran sus enemigos. It says that we were enemies of God. 
Éramos enemigos de Dios. Now you hear that, I hear that. There's something in me that wants to say, what, me? An enemy of God? No way, I'm pretty cool with God. I like God. But you see, that kind of denial is actually a proof of the problem. Negamos ser enemigos de Dios, no queremos ser enemigos de Dios. It's a proof of what the sin drug does to us and how the sin drug warps our view of things and our understanding of things. El pecado distorsiona nuestra perspectiva. Uh, the evangelist Ravi Zacharias says there is no one reality that is more apparent in our world and yet more denied than the total messed up nature of the human race. We deny it and yet it's right in front of us all the time. Sin. Queremos negar el pecado y sin embargo está ahí siempre. When you are involved in sin long enough, you can turn off your conscience and you not, do not even realize. You may feel that you're at peace with God. You may feel that you're okay with God, but the Bible says you're not. You're separated. Te sientes la paz con Dios, pero estás separado. And there are many ways in the Bible where the scriptures kind of throw a, a bucket of cold water in our face to say this. Hay muchas maneras que la Biblia nos echa agua fría en la cara. For example, Proverbs says there's a way, a way that seems right to a person, but in the end, it leads to death. Hay caminos que al hombre le parecen rectos, pero acaban por ser caminos de muerte. The prophet Jeremiah says that the human heart is, is deceitful, desperately wicked, beyond cure. El corazón humano está, es engañoso y no tiene remedio. Who can understand the human heart? And then James in chapter 4 says that to be a friend with the world is to be an enemy of God. Ser amigo con el mundo, uno se vuelve enemigo de Dios. And the reality that the scriptures bring to us that we must face is that we have all been friends with the world a.k.a. the dominion of darkness, and therefore have positioned ourselves as enemies of God. Hemos sido amigos del mundo y así nos hemos vuelto enemigos de Dios. And what's the result of all that? The result of all that is the mess we are in. Chaos, division, injustice, brokenness, disease, wars, Hatred, it's everywhere we go. El caos, la violencia, la destrucción, la enfermedad. What's wrong with the world? ¿Cuál es el problema del mundo? On the immortal words of, of author G.K. Chesterton, what's wrong with the world? I am. I'm what's wrong with the world. Yo soy el problema del mundo. So here's the question we need to answer. What do you do about this? How do you win the war against sin? ¿Cómo ganar esta batalla? Well, you can't negotiate with sin. Adam and Eve tried that at the very beginning. They tried to negotiate. It didn't work. No puedes negociar con el pecado. You cannot overpower it. It's too strong. No puedes vencerlo. Our only real hope is to escape it. Hay que escaparlo. But that's kind of hard to do in a world that is full of sin. And the DOD is everywhere, right? How do you do that? ¿Cómo escaparlo? Well, in Colossians 1.13, the Bible provides us with some good news. After that dark description, we need that. Colossians 1.13 says, He, God, has rescued us. 
given us an escape from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. El Dios nos libró del dominio de la oscuridad y nos trasladó al reino de su amado hijo en quien tenemos redención, el perdón de pecados. So get this, in the war against sin, how does God do it? How does God win the day? He doesn't send in tanks. Dios no envía tanques para ganar la guerra. He doesn't, he doesn't drop bombs on the world. That's our solution to problems. Él no deja caer bombas. He doesn't send in his angelic special forces to take care of this problem. It's bigger than that. No envía sus ángeles, sus fuerzas especiales. What does God do to overcome the sin problem of our world? He sends his son into the world to provide redemption, a way of, risk, of escape. El envía a su hijo para vernos, a, a darnos un camino de escape. And who is this son? Well, that's the verse we just read from Colossians 1.15. The son of God is the image of the invisible God. Él es la imagen del Dios invisible, el hijo. He's the visible image of the invisible God and he is the firstborn over all creation. A primogenito sobre toda la creación. That doesn't mean he's the firstborn of creation. He wasn't born in creation. Uh, uh, he existed for all time. He is over creation. He is the son who is the rightful heir of creation. And he's the king of creation because he actually created it. He is behind the creation of the world. Él es el primogénito de la creación, quiere decir que es el rey sobre que la creación que la creó. And it says he's made everything visible, invisible. He's made thrones and powers and rulers and authorities. He's actually behind the creation of every power in the world. He created it good, it went bad because of evil. Ha creado todo. And it says here that he has made it all. He holds it all together. He has the right to rule it all and the ability to fix it all. Él tiene la capacidad de reinar sobre todo y arreglarlo todo. So how does God fix it all? How does God fix it? ¿Cómo lo arregla Dios? Colossians 1.19 For God was pleased pleased to have all his fullness dwell in his son and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven by making peace through his blood shed on the cross a Dios le agradó habitar en él el hijo con toda su plenitud y por medio de él reconciliar consigo todas las cosas haciendo la paz mediante la sangre que derramó en la cruz so how does God combat and overcome the sinful, evil brutality of our world that has existed from the, the beginning with Adam and Eve that has brought untold misery, un, untold pain and suffering and wars from the very beginning of time till now? Como Dios combate y supera el mal del mundo que nos ha traído toda la miseria de la raza humana? How does he do that? He is pleased to have his fullness dwell in his son and to send his son to be born as an innocent baby marked for slaughter. 
Él pone toda su plenitud en su Hijo para que nazca como un bebé destinado a ser matado. Let's wrap our minds around this just a little bit. The whole king of creation who created it all is over all, behind it all. The king, the rightful heir of it all comes into, the creator comes into his creation to suffer death at the hands of the very creatures he's made. El creador de todo llega a su creación para sufrir muerte a manos de su, sus criaturas. And why would he do that? To make peace with his enemies. Hacer paz con sus enemigos. Who are the enemies? We are. Somos los enemigos. We are the traitors to the king. We're the sin users, the sin abusers, the sin pushers, the sin propagators. Somos los abusadores y, y los propagadores del pecado. And the son comes to make peace with us. He makes peace also with Satan, the, sing, the kingpin. He makes peace with him by defeating him, by bringing him down. We said peace officers earlier, right? There's two ways you can make peace. You can make peace by talking and negotiating and reconciling, or you can make peace by one person overpowering the other. Puedes hacer paz apoderándose de otra persona o reconciliándose. Jesus the Son comes in and makes peace by defeating Satan, overpowering him, and reconciling with us. Here's the thing that we, we need to understand about our situation. We... Uh, We, the sin abusers, we, you know, we're kind of like the, the, the cartel members. We, by our sin, do, we don't even understand what we're doing in our world. You say, well, I'm not that bad. I mean, I've only done a few things in my life that are bad, only told a little lie, only stolen a couple of things. I've only gossiped a few times, well, maybe more than a few times, but that's okay. It's not a big deal. Nobody got hurt. I, I'm not that bad. No soy tan malo. We don't understand that when we choose to participate in the chaos of our world, we actually add to the pool. We're actually adding to the pollution. Contaminamos más el mundo. There's this pool of chaos and, and filth and dirt, and, and we add to it. And then here's the funny thing that I see. We add to that. And then when we get hurt by it, when we get hurt by participating in it, and we suffer because of that, cuando sufrimos al participar con el pecado, then that's when we usually step back and say, oh, why is there so much suffering in the world? And why doesn't God do something about it? I mean, wh why does God allow this to happen? ¿Por qué Dios permite que esto pasa? ¿Por qué hay tanto sufrimiento en el mundo? ¿Por qué no hace nada? Here's the thing. He has done something about it. And see, I He has allowed his fullness to dwell in his son. Jesus comes to a senseless world of senseless violence and he becomes our real peace by suffering the most meaningful violence ever, the shedding of his innocent blood on the cross. Jesús llega a un mundo de violencia sin sentido y se hace nuestra verdadera paz sufriendo una violencia con significado su muerte en la cruz. 
that's the good news that we have here. Let's listen again with different ears to what this says. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, because of your sin. En otro tiempo ustedes por su actitud y malas acciones estaban alejados de Dios y eran sus enemigos. But now, now he has reconciled you, made peace with you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Pero ahora Dios, a fin de presentar los santos intachables y irreprochables delante de él, los ha reconciliado en el cuerpo mortal de Cristo mediante su muerte. Jason said it earlier. He said, he said something amazing, actually. He said, Lord, thank you that we can stand before you blameless today. Really? Yeah, it's right here. Podemos estar sin tacha ante Dios. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. Con tal de que se mantengan firmes en la fe, bien cimentados y estables, sin abandonar la esperanza que ofrece el Evangelio. This is the gospel, the good news. Jesus Christ has rescued us from the dominion of, the dark, of darkness, and now he has transferred us over into his kingdom. And his coming is all about that. Jesús nos ha rescatado del dominio de la oscuridad y nos ha trasladado a su reino. Jesus is born as a light in this dominion of darkness. And through his life and death, he is bringing in a new cartel, a new kingdom, the kingdom of God. You can't negotiate with it. You can't stop it. It keeps going. It keeps growing. It keeps touching. It keeps lifting people up. And Jesus then, by his resurrection from the dead, it says he becomes the first and the one over the dead. Él es el primero y el que tiene supremacía en su resurrección. He becomes the firstborn of a new creation. Es el primogénito de la nueva creación. He's the king of the created world, but now by his resurrection, he defeats the power of darkness. He becomes the light, and he is now the king over a new creation, a new kingdom, and he is now in the business of reconciling us to God and then claiming us back. We are his reclamation projects. Every single person who trusts in Jesus Christ is being recycled, refurbished, renewed, re remolded, re restored, repurposed. That's what's going on. Cada persona que tiene fe en Jesús está en un proyecto de reclamación de ser remodelado, restaurado, renovado. But it says, stay connected to him. Continue in your faith. Manténganse conectados con él. That means that now, if you have connected with Jesus Christ, the way we live in this world, there's kind of a twofold thing. We are turning away. We are rejecting the dominion of darkness. We're rejecting the old life, the old thoughts, the old patterns. Estamos rechazando la vieja vida. And we are now in this process of, of following Jesus and it's about, it's about grabbing on to him, staying with him, obeying him, loving him, trusting him every single day. And the Lord says, we're being renewed day by day, the scripture says. Así somos renovados día con día. That's the hope of the gospel. 
We're no longer enemies. We're no longer slaves to fear, as the song says. Ya no somos enemigos. What are we? We're children of God. Somos hijos de Dios. And because we're connected and adopted as children of God, sons and daughters of God, connected to Jesus, the true son of God, we get to participate in that project of reclaiming other lives for Jesus Christ. Ahora podemos reclamar a otras vidas para Jesucristo. Matthew 5, 9, Jesus himself says it. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called what? Sons and daughters of God. Yeah, children of God. Dichosos los que trabajan por la paz, porque serán llamados hijos de Dios. And now we're in this world, and we have a different purpose. No longer are we to look at the people around us as enemies. Do you have enemies? Tienen enemigos? If you're a son or a daughter of God, there is the power in Jesus Christ to no longer see your enemies as enemies, but rather as potential friends in Jesus Christ. En Jesús pueden ser sus amigos potenciales. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, Paul says that Jesus himself, Christ himself is our peace. He is our peace. He's the one that makes peace possible. He's made the two one. He brings people opposed to each other together, and he has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, the dividing wall of being enemies. Cristo es nuestra paz, dice Pablo. De los dos pueblos ha hecho uno solo derribando mediante su sacrificio el muro de enemistad que nos separaba. So Jesus is the embodiment of real peace. Jesús es la encarnación de la verdadera paz. Peace between us and God. But now, peace between us and other people. Podemos tener paz con Dios y unos con otros. We are commissioned as peace officers of Jesus Christ. How do we do that? Oh, but Pastor Russ, you do not understand what that person has done to me. No, I don't. I've got some of those people I can tell you about too. What do we do? Casemos. Jesus gives us a way forward in Matthew 5:43, Mateo 5:43. Jesus says, "You've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy." Han oído que se dijo, "Ama a tu prójimo, odia a tu enemigo." But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Amen a sus enemigos y oren por quienes los persiguen so that you may be sons and daughters of God para que sean hijos de su Padre que está en el cielo. Sons of your Father in heaven. The next step to real peace in our world, Jesus says, is to love your enemies and pray for them. Love and pray. Hay que amar y orar por nuestros enemigos. Pray and love. In fact, maybe that's where we need to start. Prayer. As we close our service today, we're going to have an opportunity to pray. And the first thing I want to say is if you have not made peace with God by trusting in Jesus Christ, 
that's where you need to start in prayer, to ask Jesus Christ into your life to make peace with God. Si no has hecho paz con Dios, primero orar para recibir al Señor Jesucristo. But then, if there's an enemy in your life, if there's somebody that, that you are opposed to and you know that you need help with that, we want to pray with you. We would love to pray with you to, to make peace with God and to make peace with others this morning. Queremos orar para que tengan paz con Dios y con nosotros esta mañana. I'll give you instructions about that later, but during our offering time, we want to invite you over to those tables to make peace, okay? And so, that's the first thing. Pray. And then love. When I say love, it's not about feeling good about your enemy. If we have to wait to feel good to love, we're probably never going to get there, right? It's not about feelings. No se trata de una emoción calurosa en contra con otra persona. Love here is referring to an action that we take. It is an action that we take that begins to close the gap. I want to invite us all Think about some people in your life that you would normally not feel safe or want to get close to, or maybe they're an enemy. What might you do this week that is loving for that person, that is kind, that is against the grain of what you want to do naturally? ¿Qué puedes hacer por otra persona con la cual no te asocias muy bien? See, we have the opportunity to begin to take the next steps and, and bridge the gaps between us and people. And it begins to change the environment of our world. Es lo que cambia el ambiente de nuestro mundo. And how can we do that? There's only one way we can do that. Through Jesus. Because Jesus Christ is our real peace. Porque Jesucristo es nuestra verdadera paz. So what we're going to do right now, that opportunity and that openness for prayer is there and we'll have some people here in the back I'm going to head back there in just a moment we're going to go into our offering time and I want to invite you as you give whatever gifts you have to give today to understand that you are actually sowing peace into the world as you support the work of sharing Jesus Christ with other people al participar en la ofrenda estás compartiendo la paz de Jesús y su mensaje con el mundo. So if you are prepared to give a gift, give that gladly, knowing that you're, you're a part of that kingdom movement. And maybe today your offering is that you need to make peace with God. Come back to the table. Make that offering. Jesus said, if you got something against a brother, leave your offering, go make peace, then come back and give your offering. So we want to provide that opportunity. Queremos que tengan esa oportunidad para hacer la paz. And so... We're going to take our offering right now, and I'm going to invite the worship team to come up and go ahead and sing, and we're going to sing a song that seems kind of backwards here, but it is not backwards. It is a song that proclaims uh, what we've just been talking about. Vamos a cantar juntos. Let's give with joy. Vamos a dar con alegría.